0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Bill Allen. Bill is the CEO and owner of Seven Figure Flipping, a real estate organization based out of Nashville. He uh, currently flips and wholesales 200-plus deals per year. Um, Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. First, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out today to come on the show. I, I really do appreciate it. And then I'd just love to open it up to you and let you uh, kind of tell the audience your story and your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it says uh, 200 houses a year. We really don't do that many anymore. Uh, so I I did, man, it was like probably been in this business for about 10 years. And like the first couple of years, I was just kind of like learning. I was reading, I was consuming information and um, I was a military pilot. So I was a Navy pilot. I was flying helicopters and airplanes for the Navy. Um, I'm almost, I'm getting ready to retire. I retire in like two months. Oh, and so I did 15 years of active, thank you. 15 years of active duty. I've been in the reserves for the last five years, but started my real estate business when I was active duty. And I was, I was just trying to kind of figure it out. So I thought I wanted to be a landlord for a long time. I was buying one or two rentals here and there. And then I did a flip. I made $43,000. I flipped the house. I was like, wow, that's half of my salary for the entire year. Uh, but it took me six months to do. So it took me half the year to do it. And then it took me six months to find the next one. So it was $43,000 that year. And then I did another one. It took me six months again. I made 45 grand. And I was like, wow, this is repeatable. I can actually do it. And then I started scaling a business. I joined a mastermind group, started growing and scaling the company through people and uh, got to the point where we're doing over 200 houses a year. So most of those were wholesale deals. We probably do like 50 flips a year and the rest were wholesales. Um, but we kind of you know, tail, tail that back a little bit. We probably do 60 to 80 a year now. Uh, almost exclusively wholesales or some wholesales, like where we just fix them up a little bit and sell them. Uh, We're not doing like major renovation projects. So if you're out there doing like 50, like large scale renovation projects, um, that's not what my company looks like. It's very like quick transactional stuff. And I brought a partner in about two years ago. So I I didn't have to work in the business at all, actually. So I'm just a, um, I'm like a, uh, I'm like a coach. I'm a consultant for them. Um, I jump in on marketing strategy and big picture stuff with the CEO, and uh, and the other the other owner, and I just take a another partnership where it's really passive for me. And then I uh, jumped in and started building the the coaching and mastermind program, seven figure flipping. So there's like a short um, kind of cliff note version of ten years maybe, and the last like seven or eight years have been really me trying to figure out how to grow and scale a company through leadership, uh, process and systems.
0: Fantastic. A, a very uh, succinct wrap-up of a lot of work and a lot of success. Um I, I think I I find that a lot of the guests that have sort of that longer long track record is sort of wrap it up like, uh, ah, I just, you know, flipped hundreds of houses. This is it was amazing. Here I am. But I, I actually I, I know um, you know, I know you from I, I met you as a as a kind of MC of a of a real estate conference. And I think some of the topics you talked about there, a lot of it was marketing, a lot of it was capital raising and your strategies there. Also, you know, sort of that topic that you just touched on as far as um, building, growing, scaling businesses. Those things are incredibly important. And I and I think maybe not talked about a lot as far as especially the building, growing, scaling of businesses. So I'd love to sort of dial in on some of those, dive in on some of those topics. Um, I mean, let's start with, growing and scaling a business because obviously you've done it it takes uh tremendous scale to to be having that many transactions in a year so how did you go from that you know sort of one house forty five thousand in a year and then to you know 200 plus transactions and i I know you said you've scaled it back but but still like that's a substantial amount of um you know real estate on an annual basis
1: yeah um so the first thing that i'll tell you is i didn't even know it was possible in the beginning. So if if somebody might be listening to this, like this guy's lying, like he, it's not true. You can't do that. I don't know anybody who's done that. Um, I know hundreds of people that do that. Okay. Now at that time I didn't, I grew up in a very kind of like, I don't know, middle-class type household where we saved a bunch of money. Um, uh, my dad was a huge saver. He built a business. He, he He was an employee for a while. He's in the military, too. He's on submarines. And then he was an employee for a long period of time, bounced around companies, and then said, you know, I'm tired of this. I want to start something myself. So I remember my dad starting his own business in the basement, an engineering business. And it was called Allen Engineering. And then he brought in a partner. It was called Allen & Sharif Corporation. They built that business over about 10 years. And I remember going from him in this basement, like hand drawing CAD drawings in the basement to a pretty big company with you know, you know, probably like 80 employees, uh, four different cities they were in. Um, they did the the fire alarm system and the, all the uh, scoreboards and things like that. And the main jumbotrons for the Baltimore Ravens stadium, when it came out, when it was brand new, um, really cool stuff that I saw my dad do, but I saw 10 years of like really hard labor of us not having any money and scraping by. So I say all that because w- when I grew up like $150,000 a year, I thought was like rich. This is people that were really wealthy, made a ton. This is my goal. One day I want to make 150, maybe $200,000 a year. I didn't even know it was possible to make a million dollars a year, 2 million, $10 million a year, like netting $10 million a year. Um, I know people right now in, in some groups of mine, people that I interact with that make 40 or $50 million in a year. I know a guy who paid $13 million in taxes last year. And so we're sitting on an airplane, we're flying somewhere. And we're talking about tax strategy. And he's like, man, I paid 13 million in taxes last year. I was like, if you're paying 13 million, you're probably making about 40. Okay. And so I say all that, be- not 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 to say, uh, you know, I made it, I've arrived. I know really great people. Like, honestly, you wouldn't even be able to tell that these people are making that much money. First of all, they're great people. They wear like jeans with holes in them, t-shirts, like whatever. They're, they're not flashy. And so- But you have to know that it's possible. So step one is you have to get around it. You have to be in the vicinity of someone who's done it and realize that it's possible for you too. And this is the biggest thing. I'll tell you, this is the number one thing that I see in successful people is they've seen someone else who's done it and they get the belief that they can. That's it. Like that is step one. And most people are like, I need the tactics. I need the strategy. I need the tools. I need the systems. I need, I need, I need to, I need all this stuff. It really comes from that. And so what I did, I was doing one house a year. I was listening to a podcast. It was called the house flipping HQ podcast. There's a guy on there named Justin Williams. And he was talking about flipping 150 houses in a year. And the first thing I said is he's lying. It's not true. Not possible. But I started listening and I was listening a little more. and listened a little bit more. And he's he had this persona of, I can't even screw in a light bulb and I'm flipping 150 houses a year. Like, I don't know how to fix them up. I don't know any of that stuff, but I got people around me to help me. And so what I did was he broke me down over time, right? Little by little, he's like, I started believing. I started saying, well, what if, what if it's true? And I was incredibly cheap. I never paid for a book. I had a library card. I didn't pay for a course. I didn't pay for an event. I wouldn't pay for anything. All the free forms I was on say, don't pay for anything. Like, just go to YouTube University, you can learn it all for free on bigger pockets, all this stuff. Like, don't pay for anything. It's They're going to scam you. They're going to rip you off. And he launched a $25,000 mastermind group. And at, at that time for me, $25,000, I remembered distinctly, like it was yesterday, that that is a Honda. That is an Acura. I was like, I, I could buy a Honda or I can go join this mastermind group for $25,000. So I was like freaking out. Remember, I never, I never even bought a book. I have not bought a book at this point, never paid for anything. I went to free RIA meetings, free. Everything It was all free. Don't spend any money. So I was, I was making $45,000 on a deal. And I said, well, what if I put $25,000 of that towards my education? What if I joined this mastermind group? Well, could it help me? And I remember calling my dad and asking my dad, who'd been my mentor my entire life. And he said, son, we pay consultants all the time. Like, we pay him hundred thousand dollars. They increase our revenue by three, $400,000. makes sense. It sounds like what these guys are and what they're doing. He said, how much did you make on your last deal? I said, 45,000. He goes, do you think these people could help you do one more next year? Instead of one, you do two. And I was like, well, if they can't help me do one more, like they're doing 150. If I can't do one more, then I, I, yeah, of course. Like I would be totally pissed off. Like I don't. Even, we're not even having this conversation right now. Of course they can help me do one more, dad. And he's like, well, then why are we even talking? Like, why are you even questioning this? Like, if this is something that you want to do, why, why wouldn't you make that investment? And that was the word like it triggered. I thought expense. I thought liability. I thought Acura, I thought Honda $25,000. I didn't think investment. And what he said was he goes, man, he's like, it doesn't sound like you believe in yourself because you believe that they can help you do that. You have the money. You just don't believe in yourself. And I was like, of course I believe in myself. I so started like arguing on the call. And he's basically like the best salesperson in the world in that moment. Um, but so I joined this mastermind group. And what, what that did was it took me to a it it took me on some calls, but then it took me to an in-person event in California. And that's where I met Andy McFarland in person. I met Justin Williams. And these are two people that I'll be forever grateful to because they're making a million dollars or more a year. And their life was like, they had a great family. They had great values. They had, they were just all around great people. And what I did was I saw that it was possible. And so now like that moment, in that moment, the fact that they could do it, there's no doubt that I was going to do it. And they showed me how all, all this, all the tactics and all that stuff, that was it though. Like I just needed to know that. So step one for anyone that's listening is you have to just Get in the vicinity and in the in the environment, like in next to somebody who's who's there, and find the person who has the life that you want, the values, the business, those kind of things. And and they're willing to spend some time and duplicate, whether it's paid or you work your way in or you buy your way in, one or the other. It's got to be one or the other. You're working your way in for free, or you're buying your way in. And you get in front of these folks and you realize, wow, like there's a next level to this stuff. And it doesn't have to be a bunch of rich people that are stuck up and snooty and they have like family money. These guys, these guys made it on their own, you know? And so that was step one. Step two then was, okay, how do I do it? Like, who am I around first? What am I doing? Real estate is the vehicle. It's the vehicle, period. Like amazing vehicle. You can get totally wealthy. You can make a ton of money. You can get passive income. You can have tax strategies, so many benefits from it. And then it was, okay, what do I need to do? And the next step was you need to hire somebody. I was flying ten to twelve hours a day every single day. I, one weekend a month, I was having to go fly somewhere and out of out of out of out of the area. And so I was busy. I worked a lot, and I wanted to do twelve houses that first year. And Andy said, "I don't know how you're going to do that. You need to hire somebody." I was like, "I'm not. I'm definitely afraid of hiring somebody. I don't want to be responsible for them. I don't want to put food on their table. I don't want their kids worrying about like the paycheck has to come." Because again, it was confidence in me. I didn't have the confidence that I was gonna be able to build it. Looking back on it, I was a great leader in the military. I had people working for in the, in the military, but I didn't sign the paycheck. You guys did. Uncle Sam signed it with your tax dollars. And so now I was like going into the big leagues and what if this doesn't work? All this stuff, right? And so I had to hire people and I'll tell you, I talk about systems and process a lot, but my best system are my people. Like without my people, I have no systems. You can have very small system. You wanna scale something? it needs to get bigger than you, way bigger than you. Your vision has to be huge. And everything that happens inside the company has to fit under that vision of yours, but you don't have to do it all. And so I like with, it's a much longer story, but with some back and forth, I eventually broke down and said, I'll hire somebody. Hired somebody, um, started training her and her husband got transferred to a new job two weeks later and she quit. And so I was like, well, here we go. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. And I had two two choices then. I could keep going or I could just say, oh, this doesn't work. Like most people do. Most people are like, oh, first bump in the road. Doesn't work. Sorry. I tried it. I'm going to go back to being the solopreneur. Just do it it myself. Hired somebody else. She was with me for about five years. Helped me really scale the company. Is absolutely amazing. Um, And then I just kept hiring like one, one person at a time. I hired a lead intake person, office manager. Then I hired a salesperson. Uh, then I hired a transaction coordinator to help me do all these transactions we were doing. And then I hired a dispositions person, somebody to so- help me sell the deals. And then I just hired another salesperson, hired another transaction coordinator, and then I hired a COO. So I just kind of kept building. I, I, I tell people to scale responsibly. I let the revenue of the company start growing. And then I started hiring out and scaling the business and I scaled it with people. And we didn't really have a ton of process in the beginning. We had people and then we brought in process procedures systems, things like that. So, and I, technology, I scaled with technology, used a lot of tech, CRMs, uh, automations, um, things like that. I'm kind of a nerdy like data nerd. So I know, okay, long answer. I'm really sorry, but number one, belief. Yeah. <laughs> and I think without the context, you can't understand the content. So you have to have the context. Like I, I didn't know that it was possible to make a million bucks. I saw somebody else making a million bucks. I said, they're no different than me. If he can do it, I can do it. And then he, I said, how did you do it? He showed me how to do it. I did not ask. I didn't say that's not going to work. I did in the beginning, but it was only like two weeks. And then I said, okay, just tell me what to do. And when my mentor told me to do something, I did it. I see now coaching thousands of people when I've done it and they're asking me how to do it, and they're paying me. And I tell them how to do it. And they say somebody, this other guy's podcast that I listened to or this other YouTube video said to do something different. I'm like, okay, like. Just do it. Just do what I told you to do and you'll be successful. Like success leaves clues, just duplicate the clues. That's it. Just do it. So that's what I did. I just, he told me how to jump. I said, how high? And I did it. And uh, I just kept kept going. And eventually I became successful and then I could start iterating. Then I could start becoming innovative. Then I could start trying new things. But until then, just do what, do what the person who's successful is telling you to do over and over and over again. Just do it. Yeah, there's a couple I, I, tips.
0: I, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Bill, And, and I think, like, <laughs> a lot of it comes back to to mentorship, right? Your dad was was a great mentor kind of told you and, and, and it's like, it's sometimes when you talk about this stuff, and people who have done it and are successful, like yourself, and it's, you, you know, you just sort of rattled off a, a bunch of what people have for limiting beliefs. But then your dad is like it for example you know talking about the 25,000 for the mentorship and it's like your dad's like well is that going to help you do one more house and it's like people don't people don't look at it that way they're like well, what are all the things that could go wrong and it's like well if i do one more house it was worth it or you know what i mean whatever it is you do one more so that's just kind of a, an amazing takeaway from that and then um your mentorship on the on the um flipping houses and and Honestly, I, I don't really understand this, but I feel like people, when they talk about their mentors on podcasts, never seem to want to say their name or who helped them or what. I don't know what that's all about. Why we don't, we say, oh, I have wonderful mentors. It's great. Never, never actually mentor, mention the mentors or the mentorship. Can I jump in and say
1: why? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think I know why.
1: I think I know why. So I've been, I've been thinking about this and studying this for a very long time because so, so I went through, I went through that program. Um, my my mentors. Um, what I think people do is, I think they when they go on, they move on to the next phase of their business, their life, those kind of things, and maybe one day they want to coach or they want to do something. What they what they do is, they're worried that that if, if they mention somebody else or another program or something else that they went through, then it would take away. From like their program or whatever they're starting, I, I see a lot. I see this a lot of times. It, it's like um, we we have a mastermind, right? We have a mastermind, seven so bigger flipping mastermind. People leave our community, and and we're part of their story, right? We're part of the story. Yeah. But what happens is, let's say let's say okay, this is a good example. You have a single family mastermind. We have a single family mastermind and a multi family mastermind. Before we had the multi family mastermind, we'd have our single family mastermind. And people would leave to go to another like multifamily mastermind or something like that. And what they would try to do is they try to tell their story about multifamily to sell potentially some multifamily coaching or training that they've done. But they want to talk about their time as single family investors, like it was horrible. Like they thought that if they talk about how bad their past is, then that's how to make their present really, really good. Does it, does? it Hopefully this makes sense and try to follow me here. So... Instead of saying like, "Oh, we did really well flipping houses, but we really wanted more cash flow, and we really wanted to figure out how to how to not just be on the hamster wheel all the time where we we have to make all this active income," we we went into multifamily. They're like, "Oh, when we, I was in multifamily, my life was horrible. Like we it it was, oh, I was constantly like tired and miserable, and the contractors weren't showing up, and all this stuff happened." where that stuff's not really true because like, it's not really true. And so I'm sure there was some of that. There is some of that. In and everything. Like I have multifamily deals that I had like a a guy like try to like light his girlfriend on fire inside the apartment building like with gasoline and stuff. Like it's just insane. Another truck drove through the the wall of the building. And so like it's not all great in multifamily either. I got to deal with that. Like, what do you do when somebody tries to light somebody on fire in your apartment? <laughs> you know? And that's just, this is like the cliff notes of stuff that happens. So, but we try like in marketing, the best way that you can, that you can do things in marketing is to actually tell the story of how it really happened. Just tell why you're going from single family to multifamily. You don't have to fabricate some story to be sensational to get somebody interested like honestly if you just tell it the way it is and i'm talking about like naming those people that really helped you supporting them and it's you we also lead by example so the fact that a lot of people don't share that stuff they're like oh i was in a mentorship program it really helped me and then and now i'm here it's like they 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 don't want to take away from what they're doing or their own potentially they feel like it was it was more because of them than it was because of the mentor like it's a it's a partnership yeah. so if anybody's listening to this right now, what I would say is don't discount any experience that you've had in your life, good, bad, or otherwise, it's all part of your story and it can all be used for marketing. And, and if you're more relatable to the people that are listening and real and raw, and and like, you're telling, you're telling it how it was and how it is, if it was good, or if it was bad, if you, if you failed, or if you succeeded, ideally a good balance of the of the two, you're sharing those kind of stories people will relate to you way more than if you're like fabricating and making up what you think they want to hear. And so I struggle with this because we have a lot of people that have like come and gone through our masterminds over the past few years. Um, and it's it's a challenge to watch. And it like, yeah, they're successful. And then they may go to another group and they don't want to talk about the group that they came from, even though it was a huge springboard for them. Like I would, I it hurts me as a mentor to people. And what I do, I at one of my... Uh, marketing mentor of mine, Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson, owner of ClickFunnels, amazing guy. I watch him talk about all the people in his life and name names of those people, even if some of those people that have massive influence on him are doing way less than him now. Most people are only gonna name the people that they're like aspiring to be or being around. I am attracted much more to people who are talking about and naming names. And so for me, I, I think that it's, I don't know. You struck a chord with me because this is rampant. It's rampant in, in the coaching and information business that I'm in is people just don't want to talk about all the amazing things other people are doing. Um, I've learned so much. I've learned from people that I've worked with. I've learned from people I haven't worked with. Um, I, I don't cower back from talking about anybody. I, I love it. I think it's really, I think it's really important that we do that. And we don't, And don't change your past. Don't change your past to make your current or
0: your future look better. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm really glad to honestly, to to hear you say this and talk, like, I I didn't really anticipate this, this going in that direction, but like, it's a, it's always been a weird thing. Like I, I interview guests and they're like, oh yeah, I did a mentorship and blah, blah. And it's like, my next question is always like, I want to ask who is like, with who, like, if you, if you had a good mentorship, let's tell people about it. Like, why and, yeah. and then I felt like because I've done mentorships and I'm like am I not supposed to talk about it like I'm very happy to, to and I'm just like I don't know <laughs> I was like do I not talk about it because my mentors wouldn't want me to talk about it? like it's just like this weird almost unspoken rule that for whatever reason I mean I, I I like your theory better because if 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 your theory holds true then I don't have to feel like I shouldn't talk about my mentors like I'm no, that needs to be killed
1: off. That yeah. Like, I, I'd like to completely eradicate that from everything that's happening. Um, I would love for like other coaches to talk about where they got a lot of their, like who inspired them to become a coach. Right. Who, like, I look, I have, I have five people that have worked for me in multiple different businesses that I own that have gone on to create businesses. So I get this question a lot too. How do I get, how do I hire somebody and make sure they don't take all my information and all the stuff that I teach them and go use it somewhere else. Like, how how do I get them to stay with me? That like I own the information, like NDAs and all this stuff. Like, how do I how do I own these people so they'll go take my intellectual property and everything that I'm doing? And I'm like, dude, you're asking the wrong question. Like, I've got I've got um, one guy who was my original dispositions manager. He left to start a marketing business. He runs a huge marketing business, makes seven figures or more a year in his marketing business. And he does a ton of direct mail, direct to seller advertising. Um, is one of the best uh, direct response marketers I know now. And he, he, he was insanely smart and valuable before he started working for me. But as we worked together, like a lot of what was created inside my laboratory became his business. And he's he's an amazing friend of mine now. He's been in my he's in my eight figure entrepreneur group last year. He's uh, he's out coaching some of my students now. Um, in my Top Gun program, just amazing partner and is running a business and is, I love spending time and talking with him. The, the first woman I hired, not the first one, but the second one, right? After the two weeks, Didi, she went off, she left my company to start a bookkeeping business with her best friend and they run a bookkeeping business together. Um, my lead intake manager after that, who became the whole director of my lead intake program, she left to start a, a company that sources, hires, and trains VAs for real estate investors. She is massively successful. I license her video courses and content inside my program. She's one of my laser coaches that coach my early, like, entry level group of people in single family uh, houses on lead intake, scripts, sales process, things like that for inside sales agents. Um, who else? Oh, I have an acquisitions manager who ran, he was my sales director inside my real estate company. He left to build a sales coaching company. Uh, sales video training, all that stuff. And now he's a partner of mine in the multifamily mastermind, you know, him, Chad King. Um, but he worked with me inside blackjack building out my sales team and ran my sales team, um, hired him and he worked for me for like two years. Now we're partners on many multifamily assets. Um, and so like, if you don't want people in your organization to grow and become successful, like, what are you building? What are you building? And so if you're if you're a coach and you're coaching these other people, eventually you're going to inspire them to become coaches. And when they become coaches, I would love for them to be like, that's the guy, Bill's the guy that made me want to be a coach because he was a great coach. And I saw opportunity, I saw value, I saw impact, I saw some money. I, I wanted to make people's lives better. And I want to see them go coach. Like, that's okay. Like inside my eight-figure group, I bring people in there, work one-on-one with me. And I'm like, if you want to be a coach, you, you can do exactly what I'm doing. I'll show you how like, I'll show you, I'll give you everything. I'll give, I have nothing to hide. And so if you give away your intellectual property and you allow them to use it, what it forces you to do is create more. Okay. I hope you guys get this. If you, if you give away your stuff, your best stuff for free, you give away your best stuff for free. You just give it away. It forces you to create more. And so what you're, what you're doing is you're massively limiting yourself when you're, when you're so worried about if everybody's going to take my stuff or, or if they're going to go grow and develop. So um, the biggest thing I can tell you is like, if you, if your vision is big enough, like you could have really big entrepreneurs inside of your organization. If you have a big enough vision and you can, and you can be a big enough leader. And so it forces us to grow. Most of the time when we struggle with that, we have, we have insecurities inside of ourselves and we're worried about, you know, other people leaving and leaving us high and dry. Like, if you know that you can continue to grow and expand and develop and create massive impact, then like when that person leaves, that's no problem. I'll just find somebody else. I'll attract other people to come in. And and I, I want them to be successful. I want them to be successful inside my company. If they see it a different way, then by all means, I'm going to support them to go out and do those things. And I'm going to promote it. I'm going to promote them. They're amazing because you know what? Like they're out there running businesses and they're, they, all of them like came from my business right? Those are like walking billboards of impact (laughs) that you make. So when they're like, where, and, and, and I hope they see me praising all the people and mentors that I've had and people in my life and naming names so that I inspire them to name names. And hopefully I'm one of
0: them. Yeah. Well, I, one of the people you're talking about, I, uh, is valentina i assume and yeah yeah she was on the podcast and she does sing your praises so there's it's it's working it's working she it, it, she is amazing um and and but it, it comes back to i guess really this is a, a a on a large scale example of abundance mindset right you're you're building your business and if people take pieces of that and go off and build yet another you know probably affiliated business now you're just it's just all growth for everybody. And you're not looking at it as taking away from you. You're looking at it as almost like a, you know, whatever, arm of of an octopus or something like that. Like these things that are coming off of of your business and and creating even more uh, in in whatever capacity that is. So you don't want, I I understand not talking about mentors if you didn't like your mentorship, right? Like we don't want to, you don't want to, I don't want to go around disparaging people, but I, it is, it is a weird thing when people are like, not, if they're like talking about how great their mentorship was, and then don't talk, you know, don't say who it was. I think, I think it's just um, a fascinating thing that I, that I didn't, uh, didn't really anticipate when I got into this business. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, sort of some of your marketing strategies and things like that. I I think, uh, you know, you did, you did a, a lot of that at that conference, and, and your, I don't know if it's just your way of explaining it or, or your, if your ideas are, are different, but I, I think that um, it will give listeners a really you know, great piece of value to kind of hear your take on some of the way that you uh, market and, and capital raising and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, the, the first thing I'm gonna say is I, I don't really have a lot of original ideas in my head. Like many of us, we take I take little pieces. I think one of my, my, my biggest gift is that I can t- take information from multiple different areas and build it into like a Frankenstein model for me that works well for me. So pretty much, I will give like credit and source information for some of the people that have taught me this stuff, but most of it is it's like a melting pot of marketing books and uh, courses and content and events and things that I've been to and mastermind groups I've been in. So, uh, like I mentioned, Russell Brunson. Russell is a brilliant genius marketer that's pretty much taught me the majority of the stuff. Him and Dan Kennedy are probably some of the biggest marketing influences in my life. So for me, I would say, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I run a real estate business. I don't really need to be a marketer or I, I whatever business you run. Like I'm not a marketer. I'm not a digital marketer. I don't need to market online. Um, I'm an operations person. I'm a behind the scenes person. I'm a data person. I'm a systems person. Like whatever that might look like for you. Or I'm a finance person. I'm, everything is marketing four years ago, I didn't want to be involved in the marketing at all. I wanted to be doing fulfillment. So for our mastermind, I wanted to deal with the events. I wanted to deal with the membership and I wanted to deal with the finances and I wanted to deal with, I was okay dealing with the sales team, but everything digital marketing, everything online advertising at Facebook ads, Google ads, telling stories, messages, all this stuff. I was not interested. In. I, didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, I'm glad that I did. I dove headfirst in about almost just under four years ago. And um, it changed everything for our business. I actually was able to turn off all the Facebook ads, all the Instagram ads for like three years and just go straight organic marketing. And what I realized is marketing is storytelling. So it's as simple as telling a story. And I love telling stories, as you can probably tell. Like I probably bounced around from five different stories and tried to bring it back together in in a ramble there 10 minutes ago. So I, if you like inside of a story, Your goal as a marketer is to get somebody to have some sort of emotional response. Like I wanna get them a response. So I have to trigger some sort of response, ideally emotional, because emotion sells. Okay, it's emotion, logic, and fear. Emotion is the thing that really sells. We get sold on emotion, then we justify by logic, and then we create fear based on some time capacity as marketers and salespeople. So ELF is what I think, ELF, so emotion. Emotion is what sells people like anything you've ever bought. If you go back to it in your head, there was some emotion that created some want, some need, some thing that you were like, I really want to have this thing. And then you usually either justify it to yourself or somebody else based on logic. So if you want to buy a Ferrari, like Ferrari is not better in gas mileage. A Ferrari uh, oil change is like $5,000. Like everything that, it's, it's insanely expensive, like all this stuff. But you you start creating some logical reason why you should buy it compared to a minivan or a SUV or something else. You might come up with some random like safety article that you found online, or like you're convincing your wife of why you should buy a Ferrari. And you're like, oh, it has this, 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 that. It holds its value really well. In fact, in the last market, like you actually went up in value and you could sell it for a profit. And like you start creating some logical things. So I want an emotional response in somebody that's triggered. Um, inside of that, Now I want them to get curious and interested. I want them to say, tell me more, or I want to read more. So we have very short attention spans. If you're still listening to this show, we must have said something pretty good in the beginning of the show to still keep you here right now. Because we're like pretty far into it, probably like 30 minutes into the show. And if you're still listening to it, you're like, okay, we got you interested somehow. Something that was said, has got you here because we have like four to six second attention spans right now. So when you're marketing, you have to be really good right out of the gate to pull somebody in and say, tell me more, I want more, I wanna keep reading, I want something. So usually like on social media as an example, it's usually an image, social media. I'm talking YouTube, Facebook, something like that. You're scrolling, you're just depth scrolling down on social media and you see some sort of image and you wanna click on it or you wanna read more. Right, and then it's a headline, right? The headline's got to bring you in. It's got to suck you in, and so now you're interested. Now you're gonna, now you're gonna say, because let me take another step back. Our most valuable asset right now is time. Right, time is our most valuable asset. That's why I say you're 30 minutes in the show right now, and if you're still here, you're giving some time to Jason and myself. So we must have marketed or sold you something to keep keep you here. Same thing when you're on social media, you are, whatever content you're putting out, you're, they're trading their time for consumption, right? You're trying to get them to consume something that you're creating. And so you have to do that with something that will stop them from scrolling. If it's on YouTube, it's got to be a CTR, some, some good click-through rate. So usually it's a good thumbnail on YouTube to say, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm going to click on it. Even on Instagram, when you scroll down Instagram, it's a bunch of people's reels. Like you protect your one minute, one and a half minute real time faster more than anything else. And so now you're looking at the the image and the text usually. Like, should I watch this one? You might look at how many views it's had. And if someone has a hundred and one has 5,000, you're probably going to watch the one with 5,000 because you're like, oh, there's, there's a lot of social proof here. I'm going to watch this one. And so now as you create things, you got to start thinking about that. Create emotional response, say, tell me more and go in and have some sort of offer inside of this. So Russell talks about hook, story, offer. I wanna have a hook that gets people in, very short, couple seconds is all I got. And then I'm telling a story that's creating some emotional response. And then I have an offer at the end. The offer could be as simple as, send me a message. Uh, Follow me for more of this. It could be, click this link. It could be, send me a text message. It could be opt-in, it could be subscribe. It could be whatever, it could be nothing. It could be, send me a review. If you like this show, you like this podcast, send Jason a review, okay? You've been listening. You're out there listening for free and you're not reviewing to help him and his podcast. Send him a review. Could be lots of different things, right? Share it. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it on social media with somebody and tag me and tag Jason. Like whatever the offer is at the end. It doesn't always have to be like, pay me money, pay me money, pay me money. It can be as simple as nothing. Like I just gave you a tremendous amount of value. And at the end, it's like, I'll be making more videos just like this. That's simple. But attention right now is dollars. So attention is dollars. So you are a marketer. If you don't think that you are, your business will flatline. It will eventually go down. You will go out of business just as fast as every other self-run small business out there. 97% of them that don't make it a few years. So you got to be a great marketer. And to do that, you've got to start watching what other people are doing. So if we take it even a step back, so now you understand, hook story offer, you got to be putting content out there that's going to capture people and get them interested and say, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And then like it's not even as important as like, what are the trends? What's all this stuff? Just put, put stuff out with tremendous value. If you put things out with tremendous value, people are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to be interested. Um, now, if we go a step deeper, you really have to become polarizing. Like, and that's hard for most of us. That's hard for me specifically. Like, I don't have a very big following. I don't have a lot of people are following me. I'm working on that. This year is about attention. It's about eyeballs. It's about marketing. It's about getting more, getting out there and being more broad, like broad, more well-known because we have built best, but we're not best known. We've built best, but we're definitely not the most well-known, the best known, and we need to be because we have a lot to offer. And so do you. If you're listening to this and you're still here with us, we've attracted you with values, with characteristics, with our story, with our marketing and things that we've been talking about. And I know we probably have pretty similar values and I think very highly of mine. So what you've got to do is you got to figure out how to start talking about things that that you believe in that other people don't believe in. So what do you believe that other people don't believe? And you got to be okay with not being the most, like not being loved by everyone. And this is the hardest part for me. I just want everybody to like me. I always have my entire life growing up. I just want to, I kind of want to like fit in. I just kind of want to adapt. I want to just kind of adjust what I think and feel to just go along, get along. And that's the challenge I've had in, in becoming more well-known is I'm not willing. I wasn't willing to say things that other people might not agree with. And now I am. And now I got to figure out what I believe. I got to become more independent. I can't, I got to create my own style, my own strategy, my own things. So like, I told you a few things that I truly think, like, I think that people are not talking about their mentors because they're building coaching programs. They they don't want to point the glory to anyone but themselves. Huge problem, huge issue. I see it all over. It's rampant. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Like, who cares? Like, talk about talk about somebody else. Give somebody else some credit. Right. Like, you you're not doing this all alone. You're not. And so if we, so we have all that, we have emotion, logic of fear. We have a polarizing topic, something that you believe that other people probably don't believe. You have a hook story and offer, right? And you're getting people to want more. Now, the key to all this is understanding exactly who you're talking to. And this is the part where, I don't know, most people miss. If you don't know, and you've heard the word avatar before, it's not just a movie with blue people. Like it's a real thing. Like, who are you talking to and why do they care like who is it exactly who it is what is their age range what is their gender what is what are they interested in how much money do they make um what how many kids do they have are they married are they not married what kind of car do they drive like uh, you know are they in debt like what are what are some of their goals what are their dreams what are their hopes like all this stuff you figure out what that is and you can start making stuff for that person that one person you make it for that one person. You'll find lots of lookalikes all around that are interested in what you're talking about. Most people are all over the place. They're trying to talk to, they're trying to talk to an investor. They're trying, like, they're trying to talk to the seller of a multifamily building. They're trying to talk to a broker. They're trying to talk to an investor that could invest passively. They're trying to talk to somebody who wants cash flow. They're trying to talk to somebody who wants net worth. They're trying to talk to somebody who wants um, tax write offs. They're trying to talk to everybody. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. There's not a single person that's going to be like, yeah, this person's talking to me. You know, when you go to church and you're sitting there and you're like, there's maybe a thousand people in church or a hundred, I don't know, or 10,000, depending <laughs> on what kind of church you go church.
0: to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a pretty big church I go to. But like, everyone's been sitting in there and they're like, that pastor is talking directly to me. He's talking to me. Like there's nobody else around. Like there's a thousand people in here, but this is he's talking to me. Yeah. That happens to me every single week in church, every week in church, because they know exactly who they're talking to and I'm in. And everybody else out there has got stuff going on just like me. We have very, same, very similar values. It's a family-driven church. We all have kids. We all moved to Tennessee from somewhere else. Like, it's just, they know their people. And I'm there because I'm getting an education. They're teaching things. They're teaching stuff of like what it was like thousands of years ago. It's educational. Like we're learners. Everybody there is like, this is for me. And so you got to create like, you you got to create marketing that's that's like a church. <laughs> like you've got to figure out how to talk to a large number of people but make every individual that's watching it feel like you're talking directly to them. And that's by really knowing your avatar. And everybody won't look the same. When I go to church, we all don't look the same. We're not the same height. We're not the same gender. We're not the same race. You know, all that stuff. We have one thing in common, Christianity. That's what we got in common. And so for you guys, you got to figure out what do, you, what do those people have in common? And then how can you how can you hit them where they are? How do they feel right now? What are they going through? What are they wearing when they're watching the video? What time are you posting? So, okay, I went in way more detail than I did at Multifamily Live when you saw me present on it. But for you guys that are out there, like you're not telling your stories. You're not talking about like why you're in this. You're not talking about what you wanna do. You're not talking about the impact that you wanna make. You're not talking about your values. You're not talking about um, the company that you wanna build. You're not talking about the last deal you did. You're kind of like hiding in plain sight. You're like out there just not, not willing to, like if you got something really good, it's your duty to sell it. Because if, if you don't sell it to them, somebody else who's not as good as you, who has a uh, inferior product is going to sell them something because they're a better salesperson, better marketer than you. Don't let them do it. Jason, we were talking before the show, your podcast, like, I'll <laughs> just show up and do the podcast. Like, what do you got for these people? These people love you. What do you got? Like, they love you. They're listening. They're tuning in. It's certainly not for me because they're listening to your show. They're your people. You got to guide them. Um, I I think about this all the time. Like your sheep will hear your voice. And in order to find your voice, you got to talk more. And most of of the people that are listening to this are like, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about what I'm doing until I've already done it. Like, I'm not willing to talk about what I'm going to do until I do it. But in order to do it, you got to talk about what you're going to do. Like you need the people that are going to listen, that are be part of it. Partners, investors with whatever you got going on, you need support. And um, yeah, I mean, I could go on for hours and hours. This is like my favorite topic in the entire world because I feel like, like the real estate stuff, the real estate is the widget. The real estate is the widget. It It could be shoes, it could be hats, it could be cars, it could be anything. Like you're building a business, an actual business and businesses are built on marketing and sales, operations, and finance. It's that simple. It has nothing to do with real estate. Real estate the widget of which you make money inside of your business. So if you start building a business, then what's cool is you can just, if if you're getting in, like if you're doing single family, you can move to multifamily. You can move to uh, new construction. You can move to Airbnbs. You can do whatever. But if you know how to run a business, you, you got to know how to market and sell stuff. And you can just, shift and change and adjust and whatever as the market changes new strategies new tactics all this stuff new widgets so um hopefully that helps i know i went like i don't know
0: i don't know if i went where you wanted me to go or not. yeah i mean i i I don't know if it will help i hope it helps listeners but it helped me so so thank you i on on a personal level uh very very helpful and inspiring And, and 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 it's one of those things that i think maybe not to the, to the level of detail that you described, but probably at least for me, like deep down, it's like, okay, I, I probably know that I need to do a lot of those things. And then you have that, you know, confidence, whatever it is, you know, like you said, you, you want to talk about something after you've done it. Cause well, if I talk about it now and then it doesn't work out right, like what, you know, then I've, then I look bad. And it's like, I think just getting away from caring, uh, about looking bad or, or, you know, making a mistake or whatever, and and, and just just talking about it. I, I think, you know, everything that you touched on make, makes so much sense. And then the the actual structure around it, um, you know, emotion, logic, and fear, like all of that, just it it it's very uh, helpful. I think in terms of forming that marketing strategy. You know, everybody's just afraid of what other people think about them.
1: Like you say, you want to be successful. You say you want to like make a lot of money. You say you want to make a lot of impact. But we're afraid to hit like the live button on our phone or make a video and post it, even though it stinks. Who cares? Like you're just worried about what other people think about you. Yeah. And that I mean that it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's real. Like that's real. Like I know because I I've been there, and I'm still there. Like I make a ton of videos. When I don't get a lot of views, I'm like, oh man, I stink. Ah, oh, so I'm this is not good. Nobody wants this. But for me, that's just a test point. Like, okay, they don't want that. What do they want? Let me just keep creating. Let me just kind of figure out what they want. It's just a big game. Like, they don't like that. They like this. Okay, let's do more of this and less of this. You know, I won't know unless I throw it out there. And the other thing is you got to find your voice. Like you have to find your voice. And in order to find your voice, it takes a lot of iterations. Like you have to go practice. You weren't good at whatever you're good at right now when you started. It just doesn't work that way. Like we want to be good when we start but you're never going to get good if you don't start. So it's like a chicken and egg situation. So what I would encourage everybody to do is if you're serious, like if you're serious about building a business, even if you have a business that's successful right now, and you're not using social media, like just go hit the live button on your phone for 30 days in a row. Go live for 30 days in a row. Every single day, don't miss a day. And it doesn't even matter what you talk about. Like tell some stories, just talk like become a reporter talk about whatever's going on i mean i would recommend you talk about business but sprinkle in some family sprinkle in some fun sprinkle in some faith sprinkle in some of the different areas of your life what's going on just let people into your world you have a you have a news channel in your pocket it's called a news feed for a reason like you have a you have a channel that people want they're interested they want to tune in you will develop a relationship and trust with them And the more trust you build with them, the more likely they are to do something with you, invest with you, partner with you, send a deal to you, Um, refer someone. Your next employee might be on there watching. Who knows? But I I don't care if it's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, like whatever, YouTube, just hit the live button and do it for 30 days. And so, I mean, take it or leave it. I hope a few people do. Feel free to tag me. I'd love to see it. I'd love to know that you're listening to this. You're doing it. Like, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give you is you got to find your voice to find your voice. You have to practice. And most of the time, um, just fall, fall on the sword and blame somebody else. Say this, I was listening to this podcast, this guy named Bill Allen, he told me to do this. So I'm doing it and, and use higher authority, like cast the blame. So people aren't like, why is this, why is this person doing this? You can blame me. I don't care. People do it all the time.
0: Yeah, Bill, it's great and I know uh, we're getting close to time here. So I I want to I want to at least ask you two things. One um is how can people reach you uh, when they hear this and they want to want to connect? Uh, I have a podcast called 7 Figure Flipping. So
1: that's usually what I I just say, "Hey, go listen to that." Um on there we do all kinds of different stuff. I think we put like emails and links and stuff like that. So um I own a company called 7 Figure Flipping. So we do events, all kinds of stuff. You saw us at Multifamily Live. Um yeah. I love doing events. I love speaking at, uh, from stage. Uh, I, I love doing that stuff. It's a lot of fun.
0: There's also, and I'll, I'll put this, the seg- seven, seven figure foundation, uh, which was, uh, you talked about that at the conference as well, which I thought was um, really, really great and inspirational. So people should check that part out too. Um, last thing, because it's because it's the what the whole podcast is based on, but uh, being, being knowing your why, Bill, what's, what's your why? What, what, what gets you going at this point?
1: Yeah. So um, this might be longer than 30 seconds, but it it needs to be said. So everybody shows up at my mastermind events. They come in, first mastermind, they show a picture of their family and they say, This is my why. Uh, And I bet almost everybody that's been on your show has probably said that. My family, um, I want to leave an impact, like a legacy for them or something like that. Like it's it's for my family. That's why I do what I do. Um, I think that's a load of, of crap for most of us. Like we're high. Like high drive, impact type A entrepreneurs, and so what I do is, if somebody says that to me, I say, "All right, I'll, I'll give you. How, would is ten million dollars enough for you right now?" And most people are like, "Yeah," because they're newer, right? Uh, maybe it's a hundred million, maybe it's a billion, I don't know. And say, "Okay, well, uh, I give, I put ten million dollars in your account right now. Um, are you going to stay home and homeschool your kids, and change diapers all day, and just spend all day with your family?" And every single person, I've never had somebody go, yep, I'm going to do that. They all say no. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that makes sense because you're here in this mastermind. You're, you want to grow. You want to develop. You want to expand and all that stuff. So it makes sense, right? So really figuring this out. I challenge anybody that's listening to really try to go really deep on this to figure it out. Um, I did last February. Last February, I had an event where we brought a whole bunch of people in. Um, we did like really deep um, like therapy, brain work, stuff like that, like really cool stuff. And I got to this place that I had never gotten before. And it was like, and we weren't like, we we're like doing like crazy mushrooms and drugs or anything like that. If anybody's thinking that it wasn't that, it wasn't anything like that. But we, um, I really got to this place of like, I'm afraid to die. Like, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm deathly afraid to die without having like made like my, a mark, like a real mark. Like, I feel like there's a lot, something way bigger for me. Like I was meant for something bigger like a lot of impact, a lot. And so I saw this stadium, like a stadium of people like at my funeral. And I like, I wanna sell out a stadium. I want a stadium of people to come to my funeral to celebrate my life. And I just don't feel like I'm there yet. And so if you really wanna know why I continue to do this when I could retire. Like I really could, I could retire. We could live a great life. Um, I don't need like more stuff and more money and all that stuff like we could do that. And, and we kind of do like, I have like a 13 acre farm we lose money on just because it's fun. I I work four days a week, like, but I, I, I'm going to keep going until I feel like the stadium could be full. And that's probably like up till my last breath. I would bet. Uh, My grandfather died uh, today. Um, Maybe last night, 10 PM last night, he was, he was turning 99 years old this year and he died in his sleep. And he went to the office a few months ago for two days out of the week at his company that he started. And uh, I just see, I see that, like, I see, I I don't know that I'll ever stop doing something. Like, I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm I'm a voracious learner. And so I do this, I think, just because I want to make a much bigger impact and some sort of mark in this world that's memorable that lasts a lot longer than me
0: that's uh, a fantastic answer uh i'm very sorry for your loss and uh i, I appreciate he's you 99
1: man he's about to turn 99 <laughs> like he lived like the best life you yeah. know and so it's like uh pop ray is up in heaven for sure looking down on me and my family and everybody and saying keep going son so
0: fantastic fantastic well uh Thank you. Thank you for coming on today, taking the time out. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everything uh, that you shared with us today. I think this will be an incredibly impactful episode. So, so thank you so much. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for the invite. It means yeah. a lot. Uh, I really enjoy it. Absolutely. Folks listening, uh, I know you're going to love this one. So please like, rate, and review. Um, it's always great to have uh, amazing guests like Bill Allen. So thank you, Bill. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Hey, if you're still listening, that was the offer right there. So
1: subscribe to the subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Come on. You've been listening for free. Leave a review. Jason works really hard. Go do it.
0: See ya. Awesome. Thanks. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara. And every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.